Great to have you back for Season 2, Episode 4 of the Should Have Backed It podcast. It was a day for favourite backers at Flemington on Saturday for the Australian Guineas. And with me to talk through all the action is Herald Sun racing expert Chris Venuccio. Mate, all the favourites got up, so no doubt you had a massive day. Well, hello, Phil. And, yeah, I do like uh, backing a favourite most of the time, but I picked the wrong day to take on a few of them. You got a bit spooked from last week at Caulfield, did you, when you uh, missed out on a couple? No, it's not so much that. I think when you do the tips, and if you pick every favourite, I mean, law of averages are that every favourite's not going to win every race. So if you're picking nine out of nine favourites... You're not going to get all nine. There's going to maybe only two or three favourites might get up, but you know, not yesterday. Amazing, not yes. Amazingly, we had eight out of the nine favourites win, and you know the only favourite that didn't win was Age of Chivalry. Oh, and, uh, yeah, that. I think uh, that hurt you more than most. It did. It did. It was. Um, I, did, I had leveraged a lot of my day around Age of Chivalry, and um, we'll probably get to it a little bit later as well with that. That cut deep, that result, and particularly on a day where, as you say, all other all other favourites saluted. So, yeah, it was a huge day, and we, I mean, we, we were both out on course, so uh, it was a beautiful day at Flemington. Plenty of action, plenty of things to do on course as well. But can't wait to get into it and chat through a few of the results. Yeah. Well, we might as well just clear aside Age of Chivalry oh, no. first, because, yeah, let's, no, just, let's put you out of your misery straight away. <laughs> and having a look at the stewards' report, it was unlucky. Pulled the plate, damaged a hoof. Only beaten half a length, probably should have won. Yeah, look, I think having read that, that didn't make the uh, day any easier for me. Reading the stewards' report afterwards, I mean, a horse losing a shoe doesn't doesn't always um, result in a, a negative outcome. But if it did damage the hoof, that means that it probably was a bit of an awkward position for the horse and couldn't have been comfortable in those dying stages when it was uh, battling it out for the win. So. Yeah, look, um, it's actually, we'll touch on it, as I said, later, but it is one of my horses to follow from the meeting because we, we were out there and I did have a look at it pre-race in the mounting yard and did note just as it was leaving that it looked just half a run short in its physical you know, appearance. So yeah. I think it's one to keep an eye on, particularly given uh, what occurred yesterday. Yeah, and I think going 1,100 to 1,400, I tend to get a bit, anxious about that I like seeing 12 to 14 I think the 300 meter gap sometimes does put me off but you know they do win sometimes but most of the times I feel that they probably need another that run before they can hit their peak so considering the circumstances I mean and it also I think got trapped a little bit wide and did a bit of work early and it's only just got beat yeah I think that's a horse to to look for next start if, yeah. the, if the hoof damage isn't too bad. Yeah, I did take your point on the going from 11 to 14, but I thought looking at that race, it was clearly the class horse. Group one performed, ticked all the boxes from my perspective as one of the better bets of the day and one of the ones I did include in my best bets in our actual debacked at Twitter handle for the day. But I guess you could have made that point about a number of the horses throughout the day. We saw 50 stars get up later in the day and it just looked to be the quality horse in the field and that proved to be the case. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, watching that 50 stars race, I thought, you know, had to overcome a few obstacles in that race. And even when it was coming into the straight, it looked like it was under a bit of bit of riding. But, yeah, against that opposition, it still did enough to win. Yeah, there was a few horses like that yesterday, actually. Sylvia's mother in the third, or oh, fourth might have been, actually. Uh, it looked, was, looked like it wasn't going to get out at about the 300 and it was going to leave all the favourite backers very disappointed, but it uh, did manage to and won quite convincingly of just passing Manziel Tess uh, with a couple of metres to go. Yeah, that was a... I mean, 
I was, I was, I did have Sylvia's mother on top, but I didn't really have a, a good go on it because I was, I thought at the price that might have been a bit short to find out if it could handle the fourteen hundred meters for the first time. If you had got a price three dollars plus, that might have tempted me, but you know, the market was right. Still eased a little bit, but it had it had that field covered. I mean, surprisingly, it was Mamsel Tess that was holding it up. She was tracking the second horse and I didn't didn't really take her into the race. She had to wait for that gap to open and get get going again and yeah, I think that was a good win. Yeah, for sure. And um I was pretty happy to take the I think we got two fifty on course around Sylvia's mother. Just given yeah the the, the horses it was running against and I wasn't concerned about the fourteen hundred. I thought it looked like yeah. it could easily get that and was proven correct there yeah. at least. But uh, we might look at, back at some of the uh, more disappointing elements of the day. We, I don't know, I think, it, I think you've pointed out there that perhaps it wasn't your best day on the punt. But when you look back, what was probably the one that bit you the most in terms of, you know, not getting on? You should have backed it for the week. Well, I think the one, not at Flemington, at Randwick, I probably should have got on Tiaku Shark. I thought wide barrier, 1600, when the main target is the 2400 metre Queen Elizabeth, I thought... He might just be there just to have a, a look around, maybe you know, finish off strongly for a nice second, nice third, nice fourth. Um, knowing last spring that's similar circumstances, but he was talk about a horse a class above. He was you know super yesterday, and that was a big win. And you know, just flew, yeah, just flew just, down the outside. Home. They did go, you know, there was a good tempo in that race, but geez, it's going to be hard for anyone to, to beat that horse. I mean, if he gets to 2,400 of the Queen Elizabeth, he's the one. There was also some uh, talk, and I think it's just publicity more than anything about it, maybe getting a start in the All-Star Mile, but I, I don't think they'll go that way. Uh, but it was a pretty fantastic win, and you kind of had to be on the outside. I'm not saying that there was any track bias yesterday, but we did see a lot of horses fly down the outside around. I think, I think it was more tempo related yeah, because horses sure. that are on the rail were still running well there's nothing wrong with the rail no. I just think maybe later on in the day they were coming a little bit wider but horses on the rail were still look like they were still in a winning position at the 100 I think it was just that last 100 when horses found probably a bit of a fast lane where they were able to, to finish stronger but I think that was more later in the day yeah, well, actually, it's surprising that Tiaku Shark was your should have backed it for the day because earlier in the day there was an on-pace runner in race three that I thought might have been your should have backed it, Mama Reagan, who was a first start two-year-old, starting at about $20, which doesn't naturally suggest it was a should have backed it, but it, the connections are known to you for that horse, and you did mention to me before the race, gee, um, run, yeah. yeah, you were very keen to see it run. We have to go watch this horse run, and I thought I thought you might have loaded up on it, well, but it I sounds had... like you only just had a dip your toes. No, I just had a... A few dollars on it, you know. Two-year-old first starter paying you know, twenty-one dollars is not one you want to be gung ho about. But yeah, I got a um, a tip for it. Um, I had a look at the the trials. It was pretty good. Uh, and it's not until after the race where you you find out that the, the push <laughs> the push on the horse was bigger than what you got in the first place. And and you know if you what I, if I had heard what I did after the race, you would have really jumped on it you know that were the, the stable was super keen and it, it won well it's um 26 dollars for the golden slipper and i reckon maybe could be shorter i'll just wait later in the week and see what the ratings 
come for that for that race. Gee, that's a big push, mate. Yeah, but I'd say um, we, well, with the Golden Slipper market, it's it's sort of nothing's really put their hand up and said, you know, we're we're the favourite. I mean, if Prague had have won that race, that would have been the favourite for the Golden Slipper. And I think because a twenty dollar shot has got up and won, I don't think the market's reacted to that performance yet because it, you know, it defied the odds in winning. But I think for the moment, um, a lot of the the Blue Diamond form is getting knocked because Hanseatic is still the Golden Slipper favourite and it didn't win the Blue Diamond. And I know Blue Diamond horses don't necessarily have the best record in the Golden Slippers. They do occasionally win, but it's, they don't do it every year. At the moment, I would say maybe Tagaloa should be the favourite for the, for the Golden Slipper for the moment. Yeah, there's a lot of form lines to draw in on that, obviously, and two-year-olds, a lot can happen over over a couple of weeks. But, yeah, we'll, we'll have a bit of a close look at that race um, as we draw nearer. But, yeah, I mean, to, for me, um, a first-up two-year-old at $20 was never going to appeal from my betting perspective, but I thought you might have been a little bit harder at it, Big V. But, anyway, we'll, we'll move along. Well, to, enough, enough about me. Let's yeah, well, well my should have backed it's a bit of a different one today. It um, was race two, King of Lear Grants, and I, I'm going to have to blame Melbourne Metro for my, for my uh, should have backed it this week because I got on a train. I was all ready to be there for race two to get on this horse, and for those who don't know, I don't dabble in the, uh, in the corporate bookmaker space, so I'm, I'm very much a cash at the racetrack kind of man. Because you're a professional and they've banned you. <laughs> oh, no, that's, that's all nonsense, of course, Big V. So, yeah, the, the train got delayed. So I was, I was stuck at Southern Cross for about five or six minutes, which meant that by the time I got to the track, it was about one minute to jump. So I, I, I jumped onto it, got down to the bookies as quick as I could, and as I was about to hand my money over, the uh, race started, and I actually missed getting on King Alia Grants and thought to myself, well, the only... Good thing about this is there's a lot of other horses that can beat it in the race, so it mightn't win. And then it went out and won very convincingly. So my should have backed it is a horse that I should have backed just because I didn't get there in time, Big V. I think that's pretty soft. (laughs) (laughs) That's a a soft example. But but I have to ask, was was the train ride home... Just as painful or more painful than uh, the train riding? It did get worse, actually. There was, um, I'm not sure what the incident was, but there was an incident on my line on the way home, so I ended up having to uh, get the services of Uber to get home in the end. It took you about three hours to get home? Yeah, it was a long trip home. Um, so, yeah, Melbourne trains didn't really um, deliver for me on the weekend. It cost me a, cost me a win and also uh, cost me a few hours of valuable time on Saturday night. But uh, well, enough, about the, enough about the train network. Um, we'll move on to our should have sacked it for the weekend. Uh, the one that I'm a little bit disappointed to have got on and got a bit caught up with is God of Thunder. You know, perhaps because I'm Greek, it, it got me excited. But uh, form out of Sydney looked pretty good. And you actually said to me before the race, you know, you thought its win, even though it was only by a, a short margin, was better than it looked because yeah, of where it, it came in the boss, track. Yeah, yeah so I, I stuck with it. And um, a lot of money came for Fabagino. It got crunched really into, I think you said $3.30 um, when I was speaking to you earlier. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it didn't do anything. Yeah. I think it ran maybe ran last. just... Ran, yeah. There you go, ran last. So couldn't have done worse. No, it was... Um, yeah, because I, I was on... I was leaning to God of Thunder as well over Fabagino because I, I thought it was a good win. You're getting better value. Probably didn't look like it handled the straight as well. Didn't want to be inside of horses. Mm. And um, the Fabagino was really was too good. I think the early market, it opened really short. And then later... Later in the week and on Saturday, 
you're getting a decent price about Fabergino you know, around 3.30. So, you know, that was a good result for the punters. And, and a convincing win. Well. Convincing yeah, win, yeah. Just too fast for them. And never liked God of Thunder in the run. Just didn't look comfortable. Yeah, actually, a horse, it reminds me of uh, the last as well with Tonico, which I think had a similar sort of feel to it. Didn't look comfortable coming from the inside of the course. Wanted to go around horses. Craig Williams did his best to do that, but just couldn't get that run and just never looked comfortable. So there's always a few uh, interesting things that occur yeah. out of those straight races well, at Flemington. Well, that's the thing, and I think that's probably another reason why I wasn't that keen on Fabergino, was that you know, it's got to run down the straight. And we've seen in that example, God of Thunder, Fabergino... One handled it, the other didn't. Mm. Well, and earlier in the day, Diamond Effort, I suppose, was in that camp as well in terms of understanding whether it would be able to run down the straight, having not done it before, yeah. and having horses in that field which had done it successfully. So, um, and it won very convincingly yeah. and definitely probably one that we should keep an eye on moving yeah, forward. Yeah, and it did ease in price as well, $1.75 to $2.05. I mean, I think in, when you're in that price range, that's a little bit... That's, Decent drift, mm. but it's still one, you know, one like well. a dollar seventy chance, didn't it? So yeah. anyone who got the two dollars was doing very well. But I guess uh, the point about God of Thunder is it's one I stuck with because I did get on it when it was uh, racing last start, and it kind of brings us to your should have sacked it for the week about and a horse that you've stuck fat with and um, the merits of sticking. Oh, well, actually, not a horse that you've stuck no, fat no. with. That's the problem. I went, so I went against. Yeah. So my horse I've stuck with that hasn't won, and the horse that you wanted to stick with. Delivered and you got off it. Yes. Alligator and, uh, blood, alligator catalyst. Blood. I got a, a lot of egg on my face because I made alligator blood my best bet two weeks ago in the CS Hayes. You know, and then it won the bob against Catalyst. I thought Catalyst was going to just run past it and win easily, but it, it was tough. And I thought 1600, it's gonna, the result's going to reverse. Catalyst would be the one where you just get the run behind alligator blood, extra 200 metres. Alligator blood's had a, you know, a long prep well it's had a few gaps but it's been running you know fairly regularly since the spring had the campaign in the summer i just thought how much more improvement does this horse have compared to catalyst who's been set for the guineas third up so i jumped off i've jumped off the alligator and went on catalyst and dare say you won't be jumping off again because that was one of the better wins i've seen in a long time at flemington alligator blood can do anything you know lead sit off it Slow tempo, fast tempo, wet, dry. I won't be getting off it for the um, all-star mile. Arguably shouldn't be have been defeated in its career, no. Alligator Blood, and will start favourite, you'd think, now in the all-star yeah. mile, as you've said. Uh, it's $3 at the moment. I don't... I oh, can't snap s- it up. I think so, yes. Oh. That's yeah. A, yeah. <laughs> Come on, mate, yes, work with well, me it's here. More, it's my choice of <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say now, you just threw me off. $3. I, $3. I can't see it. I mean... 280 on the day, I could still entertain, but I think, I mean, this was an eight-horse field, and Alligator Blood's paying 270. You're going to have a 15-horse field for the All-Star Mile. I, I still think you might get better than three dollars on the day. I can't see that much of a percentage being on the one horse when you consider uh, Melody Bell. I mean, you can't put up Melody Bell at eight dollars or something. That would be ridiculous. Proper Bill might be one that. Runs in the All-Star Mile as well. You know, the impressive winner in the surround stakes. And your mate, Super Seth. And, yeah, Super Seth. If that wins... Ideally, you want Super Seth to win the Randwick Guineas and back up in the All-Star Mile. And then, so that would... There's another horse there that would give you a better 
better odds for the uh, for the alligator. The problem will be, and we've seen it yesterday, um, and it might be a nice week to segue into discussing flit. Is the condensed well, nature of the market? So yeah. you might find that alligator blood starts two eighty three dollars, but some of those horses start three fifty four yeah. four dollars fifty. So. Yeah. You might get that on the day, yeah. but that seems like good odds now. I mean, yeah. Melody Bell, fantastic horse, but outside of it, I'm struggling to work out who might beat it. Yeah, I I think so too. I think if Super Seth wins the Randwick Guineas quite well, then maybe that's a chance. It's the only horse that's beaten Alligator Blood. But when you look at 15-horse field, if a horse is a, you know, a $3 chance, I mean, that's 33% of the market. We've got 14 other horses we've got to try and fit in there. Mm. At $2.50... Yeah, that's about you know forty percent of the market. I just said at a guess. So yep. I think two fifty would be really tight in a fifteen horse field. But just before we get on to flip catalyst, going back to catalyst, very disappointing effort. It just loomed in the straight like he was just doing it easily, and he was just gonna just cruise past. Even if it hadn't have beaten alligator blood, the way it was travelling should have ran at least second, and. I just, yeah, just, I, just no. Was uh, any excuse given after the race? I nothing, mean, it was disappointing, very no, disappointing. Nothing from a medical point of view, but there was, I think the jockey and the trainer both said after the race that the slow tempo was against him, but I can't buy that. Yeah, that I don't excuse, buy that excuse. Because it was just travelling so well coming into the into the straight. It got up to Alabama Express and just looked like it hit a wall. It wasn't doing any work. And you know what? It goes to what you were saying about alligator blood earlier. If a horse needs the exact perfect tempo in, in order to, to run well, then it's not a horse that you want to get too excited yeah. about, is it? I mean, yeah. alligator blood can run off a slow tempo, off a quick yeah. tempo, in various positions within the field and still get the job yeah. done. So it, yeah. that and makes... It's obviously a yeah. champion, but yeah, yeah that's... And it. it wasn't as if Catalyst was getting really scrubbed up and pushed to get going. When the winner it was... Loomed, when the winner it? pulled... When Damien Lane pulled out on him... He was idling around the bend, mm. and it all of a sudden it's just hit a wall. So, I mean, I'm disappointed there was nothing in the stewards' report, and I mean, it was just too bad a run for something not to be not to be. Well, you, you don't know what happened overnight. Whether the horse did pull up a bit sore, you know, when it cooled down. But I guess we'll stay tuned on that. Yeah. A disappointing run, but that doesn't mean it can't fight back and perform well next time yeah. it comes down to the uh, on the course, yeah. which would likely to be the All Star Mile. Now, talking about sacking horses and this wasn't a should have sacked it but I am putting it in my sack file now is oh, flit oh, off one bad run well no it's not <laughs> off one bad run it's just I can't catch this horse I've backed every time I've backed it it's produced its worst performances so I backed it in the spring last year that's when it ran I think missed the place I was really keen on it for the thousand guineas but I just thought it was too short for me to to jump on and I just thought it had you know, the perfect setup yesterday to win, and it was—I think—I thought it was very disappointing. Look, it's finished 1.5 behind the winner in a very, very high-quality competitive race. I'm—I wouldn't be jumping off quite as quick. I think it was over bet off the back of its win, and I think it was obviously an impressive win. But yeah. but when you look at it, didn't finish a, a, a you know stone cold last or anything. No, it actually actually ran pretty yeah, but well. It had the, I think the fitness. Edge over Funstar. It also and it also had the the map advantage over Funstar and Probabile. I know it was three wide, but it wasn't doing any work. Um, I know that um, Hugh Bowman copped a, a lot of criticism on Twitter for his ride, which people on Twitter always do. 
I got no problems with the ride because he, he was three wide. They weren't going that hard. And I still, I still felt in the straight there was nothing, nothing to give. I mean, he, he loomed up next to Keylong and looked like he just passed her. But Keylong was actually... You know, kicked back and, and beaten it. That, that was the only disappointing part, I would have thought, not beating Keelong. But aside from that, it had two horses that are obviously, you know, group oh, yeah. one winners, Fun Star and Probable Fly yeah, Pass. But, had, but uh, aside from that, I, I wouldn't in, be disappointed. It was, in, it was in front of those two horses in the run, mm. hadn't done any work, still looked like she needed to be let go. But in the straight, when Bowman asked for something, there was nothing there. I, I thought it was disappointing. And I can't see it turning the tables on Fun Star or probable when they meet next. I think that was her chance to win. And I do accept that she was over bet. I did get a better price than the 260, 270. I was on it at 340, so I was comfortable with that. Yeah. But I think that was her chance to beat Funstar and Probabil. I think that's right. I think that was its opportunity. But at the same time, I wouldn't... I wouldn't be getting too disappointed with it personally. Again, I wasn't on it myself, so perhaps you're talking through your wallet a little bit there, Big V. But yeah, no, I thought that race in itself was an absolute one of the highlights of the day. Um, obviously, Alligator Blood at Flemington was the main highlight. But what a what a run by those two horses! Fun. I, I mentioned to you at about the 600 that Funstar looked home. It just was looming so beautifully, yeah. but probably didn't have my eye on the horse no, on its no. outside. No, and I think um, probably was performance was probably um you know maybe even better than funstar and i think funstar for the coolmore classic is the favorite ahead of probabil but if i, I might have to watch the replay again you know maybe you know probabil's not getting enough credit yeah that's that could be the case and um probably monitor that market as we get a bit closer and speaking of which, um, we've got Super Saturday coming up this week. We're not going to get too held up in providing tips for these, but I did want to get your thoughts on a couple of the, the major races. The first one being the new market with the weights coming out this week. I saw that Nature Strip's no longer going to be participating in that, and we have Loving, Loving Gabby as favourite and one of your favourites, Exceedance, um, in the market. Yeah, I'm not 100%. I'm, I'm sure Exceedance is going to run, but... Nothing from the stable confirming whether it's going to be running in the new market or not. Mm. So I'm not I'm not so sure. I mean, I, I expect Exceedance to be there. Loving Gabby's favourite, which I find, I think she's a big chance. Um, I'll probably have Exceedance ahead of Loving Gabby. I think Bivouac. I'm not sure what we're going to get from Bivouac. I mean, it was backed as if it was going to, as if it was unbeatable in the Oakley Plate, and I know it wasn't helped by the the bias that day, but I, I was, I thought he might have just finished off a little bit better, uh, but, you know, I think Bivouac can come out and, and, and buy them away as well, so, and then you've got the inevitable, I mean, uh, the inevitable at $11, I think that's a, you know, I think he's a serious horse too, so it's going to be a great race, but I'm, I am going to lead to Exceedance if he win, if he runs. Yeah, and obviously um, those horses up top like Exceedance and Loving Gabby are strong chances yeah. in the race. But the new market's been known to throw up some horses at odds at times. So I'm looking a bit further down the list, actually, and I wouldn't mind your thoughts on Zutori at $12 and Halverson at, at $16. Both horses with very good Flemington straight form. Yeah, I think maybe... I think Hal Warson might be a shade below these. Zutori, I, I think a little as well with Zutori, but... 
you know, Satori might be the one that might, you know, run a cheeky race and maybe even might sneak into a, you know, top three spot. Yeah, it does have that Santa and Elaine form from last year. We won't harp on that too much. But, uh, yeah, and I think just sometimes with those races when it can be a, a congested field, anything can kind of happen. So those horses with that Flemington straight form and a bit of a better odds do appeal for me. But, again, we'll look closer to the day and perhaps put our tips up on the actual back to Twitter handle. Uh, the other main race at Flemington will be the Australia Cup with the horse that we mentioned to follow last week, Kings Will Dream favourite at the moment at about $5, along with actually Mirage Dancer, who I mentioned at $7, and the other one, Regal Power, in the market. Yeah, I'm keen on Regal Power, and I've seen that the... I think his odds have come in. I think I saw $8, and now it's $6. But I'm keen on Regal Power. I think if you compare the, the runs of him and Kings Will Dream, I think Regal Power caught the eye uh, a lot more. Uh, I don't think Villiers will be running. I think Villiers ran on Saturday. So, what about Fierce Impact? Will that be running? That's that's at fifteen dollars, and I'm very keen to follow it on its uh, on its course this year after a nice uh, third again yesterday. Yeah, I think. Look, I'll probably go against uh, Fierce Impact. Maybe two thousand as a run at two thousand before. I'm um, the one I like is Regal Power. I, I just. I think that was a nice run. I know Mirage Dancer ran better sectionals, but I, he's a horse I, I'm not trusting yet. I'm, I'm keen on Regal Power. I think it was just that it had that type of run where it was we're here just to have a look around. Next run's our target. Next race I'll take a look at is looking north into, at Randwick. Um, the Randwick Guineas, you've already mentioned it with Super Seth being the favourite there, $3.50, pretty comfortable to take that. I, I mean, you've got Castle Vecchio in the market and a couple others that I don't think are quite up to it, like your microphones. Yeah, like, I can't see microphone beating Super Seth. And if you look at that race microphone's coming out of, you know, Brandenburg's only just beat it. I know Brandenburg will be better for that run. And you look at Shadow Hero, Hero and Castel Vecchio, you know, can they beat Super Seth? At 1600, they were behind microphone first up. They will improve, but will we see their best at 2000 plus? So I think this is the race for Super Seth. I think Super Seth's third up. They want a group one. I think that's the race. I think 350 is a great price. And as you say, it set, would set up the uh, All Star Mile beautifully if it does happen to win. So let's um, keep our fingers I mean, crossed on that one. It might not be a race with a lot of depth. I mean, you look at no, it isn't. I don't I think. I mean, you look at the horses behind Super Seth in the market: Shadow Hero, Castel Vecchio, you know, Stayers, Microphone. Probably is not up to his level. You know, Brandenburg, probably another Stayer. And you're looking at Reloaded, Chenia. Can't see backing up, maybe, but I'll have Super Seth ahead of him. Kubrick, no. Pancho, no. Warning, another stayer. That's, you know, Derby bound. You know, maybe the um, the one that could be the X Factor is Conqueror, who ran second to Proper Bill in New Zealand. Mm. So that might be one, but keen on Super Seth. If you get 350 final field, take it. I'll be jumping on it. Snap it up. Away. There you go. You heard it first here on the Shooter Backed podcast. Just in, quickly on the Sydney, those Sydney races, the Canterbury Stakes, Exceedance is also nominated for that. Did see that, so yes. there. Well, I'm surprised that Standout's not the favourite ahead of Elise. Beat it convincingly first up. 
I think um, stands out to you, does it? Yeah. I mean, Elise uh, is a very popular horse, and perhaps is uh, you know perhaps you're expecting yeah. some rain well, or something. If you're going for a price perspective, stand out at three dollars in this Canterbury field. If you've got Exceedance, Elise, Savitiano running, probably doesn't have the appeal as Super Seth at three fifty in a race. I think that might not have the depth. Yeah, no, I agree with that, and. I'm liking this energy from you, Big V, because it's time for that part of the podcast that everyone loves. Uh, you've already had a bit of a rant throughout the podcast, I feel, and yesterday, off the back of a few disappointing results, I think you're going to be in fine form today. So um, here we go again for Big V's high horse rant. He's taken the baton back off myself after I did one last week for the for the country rant. Um, so what have you got for us this week, mate? I'll give you a, no, a minute. A minute. Give us well, your, I've got give us two your best. rants today. I'm going to have well, one if you two well, rants. I'll pick your best one, we'll go to the best one. Look, <laughs> I want to go, let's go back to Alligator Blood and Catalyst because a lot of the talk in the lead up to this highly anticipated you know, rematch was that Alligator Blood carried a kilo less than Catalyst when they last met. Now, I've mentioned many times on this podcast, I think weight can be overrated. Some cases, weight's important. You know, the Melbourne Cup, we know we haven't seen many top weights win a Melbourne Cup. And I think in sprint races, it's hard to carry a big weight and sprint off with a big weight. But in this instance, one kilo <laughs> difference between two 500-kilo horses was not going to make a difference whatsoever. Alligator Blood didn't win that race because it carried a kilo less than Catalyst. And if Catalyst had a one, it wouldn't have been because of any weight. I mean, Chenny has carried three and a half kilos, was three and a half kilos better than Catalyst yesterday and finished ahead of it. You know, you, Phil, let's just use you as an example. You know, not a lot of people know that you were a TAC Cup footballer. <laughs> so you're, Here we go. So you're athletic. If me and you had a 100-metre sprint, you would beat me. Now, if I gave you a kilo to carry, you know, maybe those are, you know, those wristbands, those, those Jane Fonda type wristbands, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it gave you an extra kilo to carry, you'd still beat me. We'd probably be about 80 kilos. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about 500 kilo horses and talking about one kilo being make or break. Big V, um, we're not often in absolute agreement, but I couldn't agree more with you on this, except for the uh, 100 metre sprint thing. I'd probably tear a hamstring off the bone if I tried to run 100 metres these days. Yeah, I, I actually earlier in the week, it was strange. I kept on hearing, oh, the weight swing, the weight swing. So I thought, oh, I'll have to check this out. I mean, it must be a big weight swing for everyone to mention it. And it was a kilo. Kilo. Yeah. Ridiculous. It's not, in a 1,600-metre <laughs> race, in an eight-horse field where there's not going to be any tempo, um, it's just ridiculous. I mean, I, I go back to last year where I backed Steel Prince to beat Surprise Baby in the Andrew Ramsden. Still Prince met Surprise Baby six and a half kilos worse, and it still beat it. I mean, there's other factors in the race that are more important, like positioning running and speed maps and tempo and barriers. One kilo, when you talk about 500 kilo horses, is nothing. And there's many, you can go through every week and there'll be example after example of weights not having any impact, but we still do our form as if weight is the be all and end all. So when you're saying you backed Catalyst, it wasn't on its weight then, mate? No, no, it wasn't on the weight. It was more... Like, the reason for backing Catalyst was I thought the extra 200 metres, you know, third up, it maybe had more improvement than Alligator Blood. And also the fact that it did compete against Alligator Blood in the CS Hayes, I thought 
Yep. These are factors where it can turn the tables on alligator blood. Didn't happen, but we've spoken about that already. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, no, good rant, Big V. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you got onto that one because that actually did get me a little bit, you know, yeah. excited. I was just couldn't believe the, the talk about the, the yeah. weight swing. I guess your points hammered home by the fact alligator blood uh, shot clear and, and won that weight race very convincingly, despite the massive yeah. weight, weight difference. Shift, no. The other one I wanted, the other point I wanted to mention is the other thing that really frustrates me sometimes is horses that have a fitness advantage over their opposition not use that fitness advantage and will go to Royal Celebration in oh, the last race. Oh, no, this one's an upsetting one for you. No, you, you ready to talk about it? Yeah, I'm ready, ready to talk <laughs> about it because we made it as a horse to follow in one of our podcasts two weeks ago. Third up, I thought it's ready to win. The, the horse that I was getting more fearful of getting closer to the race was Trumbull, which was first up. I thought, no, Royal Celebration, third up, barrier two, it'll use the barrier, just sit behind the leaders, and it'll have a fitness. It's got the fitness over Trumbull. I mean, in the end, they've they've gone slow. The jockey, and I don't want to bag the jockey because you don't know what the instructions are from the trainer, but I felt that you know, he was passive out of the gates. He didn't use the barrier. He could have kept Trumbull. He could have, he was side by side, with Trumbull, Trumbull was three wide. He's decided to yield ground. They've they've run slowly. The horse is over raced. It was pulling, pulling, wasn't it? He was pulling yeah. as well, and and while and he's lost momentum heading as they were at the around about the five hundred when they're starting to make their moves. Trumbull, although being three wide, was on a slow speed. Didn't lose any momentum, and he's got away with a I think a soft win. Mm. And you look at the the first and I think the first and second horses were both first up, or the even, or maybe even, and also the fourth horse. So, you know, slowly run race. I thought he's got the fitness advantage. I know that the start before they didn't want to go forward, but he was posted out wide, had to use, do a bit to get up, to be on the lead. I thought from barrier two they could have, you know, used the barrier, gone gone a bit harder and made it more of a fitness test. Yeah, look, uh, I think the ride was a little bit odd. I like that you've snuck in your second rant. I think they would have run that race very differently if they had their time again with the horse pulling uh, quite violently at one point yes. and coming home quite well in the end. It did run third at the end of the day, but, yeah, probably just got, didn't, yeah. didn't really um, challenge the, no. the leaders in any way. I mean, and, look, I can't... If, they were, if he was to come up against Trumbull next start, I couldn't see beating it. I think that was a, a good... Set up for that horse who looks like he's got a bit of talent and can really improve off that. Well, I've got a much better, uh, well, better. I've got a different outstate story than you had. Uh, that was your your last race of the day yeah. that you bet on and obviously didn't quite get what you wanted out of that. But um, I, I let you into a little circle of trust on the weekend, Big V, and I'm letting our listeners <laughs> into it now as well about a, a punting technique that some of myself and a few mates use and have used over a number of years. And it's the best get-out I can find. A lot of people like Pikey in Perth in the last or, or one of those sort of get-out stakes. But the one we've always used and the one that's been uh, just about uh, foolproof, to be honest, is the Toowoomba Cushion, which uh, usually pops in just uh, the first at Toowoomba, which starts just after the last at Flemington or wherever we are racing on the Saturday. 
And it's, the rule is get on the favourite at the first at Toowoomba on the cushion and you can't go wrong. And again, again, got me out with a beautiful ride on a, a horse called Our Top Shelf. It was quite a strange win, actually. It settled last. Another horse came back on it, so it was had to be um, shuffled off heels. It then went around the outside and then got a bit confused there, so cut back into the inside and then had to get taken off heels again to get around the outside yeah. and ended up winning convincingly. So yeah. it was a great way to end my day. Yeah, it was, uh, look, to use the name of the horse, it was a, I, think, I thought it was a top shelf ride because he snuck a few runs on the inside. Looked like he might have just been, you know, might get trapped, but then he's in the straight, he's peeled out for the better ground and won well. Definitely had the best horse in it because I reckon it ran an extra 100 metres, yeah. but it was, uh, yeah, a nice little way to finish the day. But that's a nice little... Uh, Putting, punting tip, tip for people. Uh, yeah, favourite at the first at Toowoomba on the cushion. Now, we'll move on to our horses to follow. Um, as I said earlier, Age of Shivery, as much as it hurt, I did think in the mounting yard it looked a run short or half a run short, so I'm happy to keep following it and seeing where it goes next because I think you didn't see its best yesterday. Um, any from you, Big V? Well, I think the obvious is Fun Star out yep. of the surround stakes, and I think Big Night Out looks like he might be ready to to win now, you know, second behind Chicago Cub in the last race at Flemington. That wraps us up this week for the Should Have Backed It podcast. Sorry for those lovers of country racing. Don't have much for me from the bush, but perhaps a Toowoomba story might be uh, the way to go for you. As always, please feel free to review us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. And, you know, we're happy to, happy to hear any feedback as it comes in as well. Um, thanks to those who are listening. Um, and following us at the at should have backed it Twitter handle as well. So big V, it was a good day at the races yesterday. I hope you hope you get over a few no, of those losses a, and I fight a, back. I had a good day, and I'm sure next week we'll get right back on the winners. No doubt, no doubt. There's always next week, or next actually, it's always tomorrow when it comes to racing. So um, I'm sure we'll uh, turn that around. And for the rest of you, thank you for listening to the Should Have Backed It podcast, and we'll see you next week. And as always, good luck on the punt.